0: I'm not the only person who came here to spend two weeks and remained a lifetime. I'm not the only one who, if exiled, would feel as though my taproot were cut. Mary Heaton voice. Hello? Darlings, is this working? Oh, great! Wow! This is Salteen. I've just fixed the only radio here on exile. I found it amid a heap of trash in Jorge the Hoarder's house. Darlings, I am so sorry for my silence. I've been preoccupied with a retired primo ballerino from the former Soviet bloc. I finally got bored with his plie. But since I left him in the dust, I've had a lot of time on my hands here on the aisle. Oh, I should probably explain. I'm on exile because I was kicked out of my home in Provincetown. My little shack over Emmeline's rusted cape. I had that apartment for 30 years. 30 years of salt and sweat and the evolution of RNA sampling. It feels inappropriate for me to complain about my situation in Provincetown, but how I love to bitch, darlings. But seriously... It would be foolish to complain about losing my apartment when I think of the native peoples who lived near, respected, and had a relationship with this land, and who were destroyed by my ancestors' disease and hand. And the whales, the cod, the mackerel, the oysters, the dunes themselves. Everything in this ecosystem is living a second life, gasping for air. While I'm also facing the -the pedal-to-the-metal drive towards the cliff of ecological disaster followed soon after by chaos and pain unknown of by the human race, I'm relatively well off. I mean, I'm an internationally respected biographer, art historian. I had the honor and privilege of being President Gerald Ford's financial advisor and lover outside national waters. What can I complain about? Well... Any creature that looks into its soul is looking for home. I had the great privilege of feeling my soul content in a place I called home, and it was taken away from me. But I am not alone. My landlord, Emmeline, cared about town, keeping its spirit, and she gave me a deal because I obliged coonily with her ugly brother, Lingus. I couldn't have afforded the rent otherwise. Provincetown, that... Former fishing village, which now has become a white gay Disneyland, has become increasingly more expensive with fewer and fewer year-round rentals. When was the last time it was affordable to live in p town The 80s? The 90s were manageable, as were the early 2000s, but then, by God, by golly, I thought the last zero on my rent was a milking stain. I know what you're thinking. Saltine, you must be one of the richest women alive. How are you not able to afford rent anywhere in the world? You should be able to purchase all the homes in town. And I understand your confusion, but let me explain. One day in the early 2000s, I got obliterated drunk on Irish mist, finished a biography of Diogenes, and sent a check to a charity with all my funds. I am personally responsible for keeping UNCUT, the United National Charity for Unremoved Tips, afloat. The stories of people who had to leave Provincetown could almost drown you. The only people seeming to breathe easy are the corporate queens. The problem with corporate queens is is that they can't comprehend the eroticism of a sagging ceiling. The other problem is that they can't tell the difference between old-timey and deterioration. I know that one firsthand. It's something I have heated debate constantly with the doctor who works on my southern hemisphere. Emmeline got kicked out because she missed two months' rent, and they found out about her Dr. Bronner's money laundering scheme. Her house was on the market 30 seconds. I was told to be out that day. I slowly made my way across the yard as two clones came in with a dumpster and a bulldozer. My old life was gone in five minutes. I stood there in misery, unsure what to do, when one of them yelled out, You forgot this. Holding up my ceramic banana on a base, I grabbed it and ran. I went out to the dune shack I do not own or have permission to use, where I always go at times of crisis. Sometime between the final hours of the night and the slapping palm of the morning, I fell forward into a crate of lobster outside the door and passed out. The hidden quaaludes I put in a Russian doll in 1978 were miraculously still there under the floorboards. It felt like it was all over. So you can imagine the surprise on my calloused face when I woke up, skirt fully exposed in the crate, to see A in his boat, telling me to get aboard to exile. What was this exile? Where had A been for the last three decades? The last time I saw him was when Bill Gates hopped onto the bar at the boat slip and demanded a rum slinger for his prozzie. I climbed out and scrambled up, pulling down my skirt. He didn't notice I was indecent. My muff blended in perfectly with the lobster. Tell me, eh, what is exile? He started to laugh. <laughs> and then said, Exile is where everyone forced out of Provincetown goes. It's where all the businesses go when they fail. It's where all the old houses are rebuilt, preserved forever. It's the rack line. The place where the commoners wash ashore and the rich cannot see, he said. Enough. we sailed, sailed out, northwest, until we saw an egg on the horizon. And atop the egg, my old shack stood, as if untouched, waiting for me. And it's from my desk in my shack where I speak to you now, darlings. It's time for me to go. Charlie's putting out the community pork. But it's been so nice to talk to you. Keep your ears perked for more from me. And remember, you're only really alone if you manage to silence the self-hating voices in your head. Toodalee! Hello, this is Madison Toulouse. So funny you wanted to talk to me. Uh, You know, out here in exile, we don't have COVID, but I've just been isolating to just, you know, understand what my brothers and sisters are going through on mainland. So I've just been here in my room. Uh, As most of you know, I did work at the shell shop. So I have decorated my walls beautifully. They're gorgeous. Conch on the ceiling. I like a little threatening reality when I wake up. Is the Elmer's glue gonna hold? Is that conch going to fall and crack onto my skull and end my life a little bit early? I mean, if it did, it wouldn't be early. That was Jesus' plan for me. Not that I believe in her, but (laughs) she has a plan somewhere. On the windowsill, I have crushed up these gorgeous, endangered species of shell from Indonesia. I crush them, make them into a powder, and they have this beautiful glitter, and I just sprinkle it on the window, because I like when I wake up. For me, I run depressive. I know that's kind of hard for you to get from my tone right now. When I wake up, I'm a little on the low, so I like to be blinded in the morning, literally blinded. What's crazy for me is that pain shocks me into happiness. (laughs) So when I can't see, and I literally think I'm going to need 44 lens glasses. That makes me start my day on my right foot. So I'm so happy to be here. So happy for any questions you guys have about life on the aisle. And yeah, so just let me know. Yes, back there. Oh God, thank you for asking that sweetheart. Down on the pier, there's a dirty old woman named Fats. She's only a hundred pounds. Fats has this boat that she goes, and she ha- it's a scheme where she tells people that she is going on whale watches. Instead, goes to Indonesia <laughs> and sells um, lubricant that is illegal on this certain island in Indonesia. She sells lube there that we make here in Provincetown. And then in return, she buys all these shells. And actually, sweetheart, this is how they make um, fake diamonds. Fake diamonds are made out of these shells. So it's a real winner for me. I think I'm cheating QVC out every day that I wake up. Swarovski who, you know? <laughs> Any other questions? Yes, yes. Um, it's legal lubricant. Where do you harvest it from and how do you find it? The people want to know it. I know. That's how I thought too when I first started using it. Because imagine... Gun oil mixed with phthalates made in a chem lab in Pennsylvania. My asshole, I do have a vagina. I do not like penetration in it because of religious reasons. My pro, I don't have a prostate. my My asshole didn't even separate. That's how good the lube is. My butthole didn't even separate. So I harvest it personally. Uh, you go down into the sewer um, in Promised on the Streets. You just climb down, 4 a.m., the bars are closed, no one's there. Especially winter, it's fabulous. You climb down there, you grab about three gallons, boil it for 73 hours. The resulting liquid, it makes you go wild. It does not stain, does burn your flesh, but some people are into that. <laughs> and as I have said before, oh lord. Oh <laughs> lord when the flesh is burning. That's when I remind myself I'm in a body and I'm a human with a spirit. Before just getting pummeled without it, I was like, what's the point? I'm here, this load isn't going anywhere. I'm not producing children. I can't produce children. No one wants me to produce children. Cut to the burning flesh. I'm like, maybe I could. Maybe I can produce kids in my butt. Maybe I'll be on Oprah as the first person who could produce kids in her butt. Uh, I forget if there was a second part of that question, but um, I'll move on. Any other questions? Yes. When you put your ear up to your conch, what do you hear? Oh. Well, first of all, let's take in the beautiful bells of Provincetown. <laughs> Which, it's a similar noise, actually. Except mine is like a chamber choir bell uh, when I put the conch up to my ears. And do you know that beautiful version of it's... um. Oh my God, it's not Christmas time at all. They don't know it's Christmas time at all. When I put my ear up to a conch, I hear that song with chamber music behind it. And you two, I have an icky feeling about. I'm embarrassed to love them. Bono is someone I want inside of me. Bono is someone I want to wake up to on Christmas Day, which is why I think I connect to that song so much. But I would say that that song is very important to me. My mother played that song on my 18th birthday when she gave me my gold Camaro. Have any of you ridden in a gold Camaro? Oh, Karen, you have. Of course you have, Karen. (laughs) Let me tell you, it feels like I'm an American eagle, like I'm a bald eagle on on my credit card. Do you know? I am... Chase, JP Morgan, Chase Bank, Eagle flying through the world. That's how I felt listening to They Don't Know It's Christmas Time at All. One day, maybe Bono will come out to the island and we can make that dream come true. Any other questions? Yes, yes, yes. How'd you get your job at the shell shop? Oh, <laughs> I usually say I don't kiss and tell, but I do. <laughs> I got my job at the shell shop. Do you know who Bobby Flay is? (laughs) So once upon a time when I was living in uh, Newark, New Jersey, I had a taco stand that was Estonian tacos. It was an Estonian taco truck. It was incredible. My chef did tantric yoga while he was making the tacos. It was amazing. He came to do a profile. And you know... It's kind of like lightning, it's kind of like when a shark gets a surfer and you didn't know. It just happened instantly, we fell in love. He just saw me grab my leg and ripped it off of my body. No tourniquet was gonna help that wound of love. It was so powerful. Bobby and I, he, uh, moved in, he moved into Newark, went into New York City to film. He would always come back out to me. And I'm trying to remember your question. And <laughs> Ah uh, yes, Bobby Flay's niece owns the shell shop. We went on a trip to Provincetown. I was very hot in Newark. It was the summer. I was too warm. I needed to get out. So he's like, "Let's go to Provincetown. We can visit my niece." I walk into the shell shop. I fell, and can you see my nipple through this? That is, that is a snail shell. I fell on my face and my breast land i'm a 36 c and my breast landed on a snail shell and embedded it just went into my flesh and i am not a fan of doctors surprise surprise i'm not a fan of doctors surprise surprise and the thrill of the soreness because it was infected for months (laughs) my nipple was infected for months and that pain you can't pay for that. You can't watch a better porn than that. Like that's the dream come true. So I milked it literally. It was incredible. I was living my life. Every time I t- every time I put on a sweater my nipple grazed and almost bruised. I felt like I was Eleanor Roosevelt watching Franklin sign the new deal. That's correct. I think that's historically accurate. Okay. So, yes, yeah, so then I met her, and she, we just really bonded. She kept trying to, like, do herbal healing on my breast, and I just said, no, I don't want that. But one day she did put a turmeric piece, um, a turmeric uh, root tuber onto my exposed wound, and it burned like hell, and I looked up into her face, and I was like, we're friends. And she said, I have an opening for the summer. And I said, I'm in. <laughs> the taco truck is still there. I don't know who's running it, but it's five star on everything. Michelin star. It's just going. I think that's the power of good communities that exists without its creator. <laughs> also, I fully changed the voice and I can't remember how it started. <laughs> Any other questions? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Did you ever pay off the fines to the National Seashore for stealing <gasps> from the National Seashore and reselling the shells? Oh. <laughs> that one was a little sensitive for the listeners who didn't who couldn't maybe didn't hear have I paid back the fines to the national seashore from the shells that I are you talking about the endangered turtle shell the 400 pound turtle shell that I carved the flesh off and brought to the shop saying it was found some people have a bit of mistletoe hanging over their head some people have a morning dove, hang over their head. I have $75,000 of debt hanging over my head. (laughs) I choose not to pay it because, again, the pain, the anxiety of being in debt is thrilling. Anytime I get bored, I think I could be jailed tomorrow. Do you know how liberating that is to live on the edge at every moment? No, I'm not paying them back. Also, I find it hot because I really don't have any enemies aside from them. So it's fun to be walking around town and be nervous about turning the corner. Am I going to see this person? Well, I haven't had to worry about it out here. I don't know if you all know, but you don't pay rent on Exile. There's no rent. Money doesn't exist on Exile. It's a um it's a recompensation for um, the hell that we were put through on in Provincetown. So yes, yeah, so it's kind of just floating there, but I do think about it from time to time. <clears throat> Any other questions? Someone who hasn't yes in the back. Um, if you don't make money in, in Exile, how, do they, how are you for your time? At the I don't care about that question. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you you see Phil falling in love with Bobby Player, you see it? Yes. Well, that's the great thing about Exile. No one has ego. Once you're there, once you've been poor enough and ugly enough to not make it in this town and had to go 300 feet into the ocean on a skiff, no ego. So I've been fucking everyone. <laughs> everyone. It's great. It's awesome. People are fun. There's a, it's a laugh out there. I would say top three Uh, the previous fire chief. Um, number one, because his penis ends in a spike. <laughs> I didn't know if anyone knew that lore. That was a myth. It's true. Um, second um, second person, I would say, is the old lighthouse keeper, who he did kind of a time travel scenario. Um, but he is fabulous because he comes every two minutes on the dot. <laughs> and then I would say the third, who's probably the best, is... Um, Um... (laughs) Someone say something. Bono. It's the cleaning lady. The cleaning lady who used to do the Bayshore Hotel. She is fabulous. She kept all of her tools, all of her supplies, and let's just say she brings work to work, okay? (laughs) I've never been cleaner or felt dirtier in, at one moment. It's incredible. The scrub brush, my clit hasn't rehealed yet. It's too much, but it's great. She, oh, she's fabulous. I do not let her use um, pine saw anymore. Uh, a little triggering for me uh, with an experience I did have with Sting um, in the dune forest non-sexual, emotional only, still is valid. I don't want to hear anything about it. Um, But yeah, so I would say those are my top three. So I think I have time for about, I have time for like four more questions. Before you worked at the Shell Shop, weren't you a cocktail waitress at the vault? Okay, interesting. You brought back a little bit of history. (laughs) I did tell Bobby Flay my trip with him was the first time I had been to Provincetown. That was a lie. (laughs) I in fact did work at the vault. Um, No one really knows that because I wore complete face mask covering everything. Um, It was really just a tea towel that my mom threw at my face when I left home and just never took off. But um, I loved the vault. I loved the anonymity in the vault. I loved that I didn't really work at the vault. You know, I didn't work hard. And my boss at the time was so fucked up that she didn't care. She just let me laugh, but yeah, I would say my top moment at the vault was the time that um, that um, Girth Brooks, the gay porn star, came and unclogged the toilet. Um, any other questions from someone who hasn't asked a question yet? Maybe question. Would you would you consider coming back to Robinson? Oh, sorry, I just hit my nipple. <laughs> That's a very hard, hard question. There's a lot of things I miss about Provincetown. I miss, oh, the Portuguese bakery, which is no longer here. Okay. I miss, what do I miss? (laughs) No, I wouldn't go back to Provincetown. (laughs) Any other questions? Any other questions? I need two more questions. Hands up, please. Please. Besides Bono, Sting, and Bobby Flay, who else is semen? Are you selling on the down low? Okay. Semen for sale, semen for sale, is in fact a hit single I put out with Madonna and is not a real business venture I am in. But I'll tell you about the origin of that song if you have any interest. So um, Madonna, when she was, on the, um, she was on the All Your Colors um, tour, was that a tour? <laughs> uh, yeah, the All Your Colors tour when I was with Madonna. I was touring with her because she's actually really good friends with my mom. Weird fact. They both grew up in Michigan. Um, but yeah, so we were out on the road and I was just saying, sex work seems a little boring. I'm more into the chemistry of things. And I don't know if everyone knows this, but my skin has an allergic reaction to my own cum. So I was experimenting with others. So I made up, I hacked into the University of Michigan's science wing and sent out a very professional email to the research department asking for semen samples. Got an incredible array. I asked for them to write a caricature with their semen attached. Beautiful drawings, now at the university's art museum archives. When I told Madonna about this story, she asked if I had samples left, and I did in my purse. I keep three for good luck at all times. She took one out and just yelled, same for sale. And then I said, just like a whale. And then she said, go on to sell." And I said, be on the trail. So that's how we came up with Semen for sale. <laughs> Thank you. So I'll say, let's do a final question. I would love it to be from someone who hasn't asked a question. Sorry, Mike. If no one else raises their hand, I'll go back to you. Yes. What are you eating on exile? Oh, very interesting. I have given up my 70 or 70 my 50 years of veganism to eat fair-trade chicken. (laughs) And that's it. Thank you so much, you guys, for coming.